0: Hello, I want to welcome you to a continuing series on security clearance appeals. This is Attorney Alan Edmonds. I have been your host for all of these episodes. I've been practicing security clearance law and military law for over 46 years, and my law firm is nationally recognized as one of the best in the United States. We have offices coast to coast and... We make it our business to save our clients' jobs and careers and reputations. Well, today, I'm going to circle back to pick up where I left off in episode six, which was the important guideline F under the adjudicative guidelines for financial concerns. As many of you know, the government files more guideline F cases against you and others Uh, more than any other uh, series of allegations to remove or deny your clearance. Probably a close second would be guideline B, which is foreign influence and foreign preference. We covered that recently in an earlier episode. We're going to revisit that. But the reason I want to talk to you today is because of your phone calls and emails. Um, I've invited you uh, to call me at any time, 800 481 2526, or to uh, email me uh, through the website, allanedmonds.com or nationalsecurityclearances.com, and uh, present questions and start a dialogue with me about these uh, cases. The federal government is becoming very, very aggressive following recent uh, administrations in Washington, DC, with security clearance concerns, the Department of Defense has responded with uh, increased efforts to uh, review clearances, comma, revoke clearances, and deny clearances. So it's a rough environment right now, and it's one of those uh, variables or unknown factors, that enters into the security clearance realm uh, when you're applying. Of course, you can't control this. This is beyond your control. And what happens is the politics or the misconduct of politicians or high-ranking individuals when they hold security clearances impacts you uh, at your level, even though you are a innocent. A bystander and not a participant. You're simply seeking a job. You have a sponsor. The uh, the sponsor is saying, please uh, fill out this E-KIP or SF-86 and send it in. And you're doing so in an environment that's beyond your control. So I have people that have immigrated to the United States from Russia, and suddenly they're applying for clearances when there's uh, tremendous Uh, acrimony and antagonism between Russia and the United States, or I have Chinese Americans that have come to our firm because of our reputation for success, and uh, they've been given an SOR. And here we have a political climate between the United States and China that's very hostile. And again, that's not something you can control, but it's something that we have dealt with hundreds of times at the Edmonds Law Firm. And uh, we're delighted to help you navigate uh, these difficult situations. Today, though, we're not going to talk about uh, factors that you don't control. Rather, we're going to talk about uh, factors that you can control or you can mitigate. And uh, this is going to be an episode, uh, as I said, about guideline F financial concerns. And it's going to be very, very generic uh, at the start. I've told you about uh, Guideline F previously, and uh, it can cover a number of behaviors that people engage in. It can include uh, unpaid debts. It can include delinquent mortgages. It can can include gambling. It can include uh, resources or bank accounts that have uh, received deposits that exceed uh, your income, uh, all kinds of issues. And, and one of the issues today that we're going to discuss that was uh, confronted with my client uh, is allegations of unpaid taxes. And uh, in addition to that, this individual had uh, several debts that were uh, not paid. And we're going to talk about this. So, this. so this is an anatomy of a case victory but I want you to see the details. So this case begins with uh, my client who received an SOR. And an SOR, as you know, is a statement of reasons. And it usually comes from the Defense uh, Office of Hearings and Appeals or specifically the uh, Consolidated Adjudication Facility, which is now called CAS or DCMA at Fort Meade. And this particular individual was a 44 year old defense contractor. Uh, He had been employed uh, as a defense contractor since June of 2016. He's married, he has two children, and one adult stepchild. Um, He did file a Chapter 13 bankruptcy at one time in 2006. And uh, he was unable to keep up with his payments, and it was dismissed. And, uh, he admitted that, uh, because we had him totally prepared for this hearing. He admitted, uh, that he had, uh, the bankruptcy. He admitted that it was dismissed for failure to keep up the payments. Uh, we also, uh, saw in his statement of reasons that he had delinquent taxes, uh, totaling $11,129 for 2004 and 2005. And, um, he uh, negotiated what's called an offer and compromise. And uh, we can assist you with that. For those of you out there that have tax liens or uh, have tax arrears, we can give you some guidance, although we are not tax attorneys and nor are we uh, certified public accountants, but we've dealt with these tax cases for over 40 years and have had literally handled hundreds of them. And, um, uh, So he was delinquent in taxes for 04 and 05. And then he was delinquent again, according to the statement of reasons in 2009. And in 2009, his indebtedness totaled $10,000. And um, he again had an offer and compromise. And uh, to his credit, uh, he worked out a payment plan. And uh, all total... I think he, according to the SOR, he he owed the government $99,000 and uh, had some explanations. We had prepared him for a discussion on direct examination, and uh, we also required him to take some steps to mitigate uh, these cases. Uh, It's interesting, though. He was victimized by things that we are all victimized by, which is he had uh, medical problems in his family. He encountered a lot of medical debt, and uh, we dealt with that. It's interesting that uh, the statement of the judge in this decision uh, is very illuminating. And I want you to hear this. This is uh, words from the judge. I'm reading from his decision, and he's talking about guideline F, and he says something that is really heartwarming for me to see coming from an administrative judge. And this is one of the better judges in the system. We know the judges from coast to coast. There's over uh, 40 of them at Defense Office of Hearings and Appeals. And just like attorneys, doctors, and car salesmen, uh, they range from very, very good to uh, the opposite. Anyway, uh, the judge says these guidelines are not inflexible rules of law. Instead, recognizing the complexities of human behavior, administrative judges apply the guidelines in conjunction with the factors in the adjudicative process. So that's refreshing. He's trying to tell us that the rules and the regulations that he is applying are not rigid and they're not concrete. And he has an open mind and he goes on to say The administrative judge's overreaching adjudicative goal is a fair, impartial, and common-sense decision. Well, some of you have called me after you've left the courtroom when you've appeared on these cases by yourself, and you said it was the most humiliating, degrading experience that you've ever had. You felt totally devastated. Uh, Some people were on the verge of emotional upset. They said they were treated poorly by the government attorneys and poorly by the administrative judges. Uh, That is a fact of life. You can go into any court, any federal district court, you can go into state courts, and you will find judges that are fantastic, and you will find judges that are not. And some judges are very demeaning, and uh, maybe they've been on the bench too long, or maybe they have their own agenda or personal problems or biases, who knows? But uh, The judge that wrote this decision is very enlightened, but he says here uh, that the administrative judges apply these guidelines, and uh, it's supposed to be fair and impartial, and I agree 100%. I have appealed some decisions that other attorneys lost, and the client came to me Uh, Alan Edmonds to do the appeal, and when I read the transcript, it was fair that what was absent was a fair and impartial common sense approach to the decision. Um, so I have filed appeals on that. The next sentence, though, in this is very important for you. The judge says, The entire process is a conscientious scrutiny of a number of variables known as the whole person concept, and this is what the Edmonds law firm is very proficient at. We're experts at presenting our client uh, in a light that is best for him and best to establish and show a foundation for mitigation. And we spend a tremendous amount of time on this. Our clients say to us, that's ingenious the way you have presented me. You've thought of things that I never thought of. You thought of things that other attorneys never thought of. And I'm so grateful that I uh, retained your law firm. So this is not hyperbole on my part. I'm not making this up. You can go to our website and read the uh, statements that clients make about us. You can go on the San Diego uh, Better Business Bureau site. You can go to Google and read all of the uh, dozens and dozens of reviews that we've received over the years, um, we really try hard. We fight for our clients. The judge makes another statement that is very cogent and very important for you to understand, and it really orients us to the whole security clearance process. And he says, quote, the protection of the national security is the paramount consideration. And you can't lose sight of that. This whole experience in these administrative hearings is really to protect national security. It is not to grant your clearance. And in fact, I've often said, and it's somewhat harsh, I know, but it's a reality. At least the the numbers don't lie. The statistics don't lie. Uh, when you go to a hearing or you respond to an SOR, uh, the goal is to deny you your clearance. It's not to give you uh, the clearance when there's a question between you getting the clearance and the government's national security, it is always going to come down on the side of the federal government and national security. So people often say, well, gee, especially on guideline B cases, I've been in this country for 20 years. I've paid my taxes. I have uh, have no criminal record. I'm an outstanding citizen. Why am I going to lose this uh, SOR or this hearing on uh, foreign influence and foreign preference. And the answer is uh, there's going to be a scrutiny or an examination of your ties to a foreign country, bank accounts, money flowing out of the United States to relatives, uh, business opportunities. So they're going to look at that. And especially if the country is a country of concern, such as China or Russia uh, or Saudi Arabia or Pakistan. Or some of the Latin American countries, uh, the burden is is very heavy, and it's uh, and that's why the clearance could be denied. We win a lot of guideline B cases, and we win a lot of guideline F cases, and I'd like to think it's because of our preparation and our experience. But that's the orientation, which is the paramount concern. For an SOR review, a response to SOR, and the paramount concern for the administrative law judge is national security. So the government realizes that, uh, you know, really the burden is on us and you have to admit or deny these allegations. So this individual, back to this case, which was just incredible, uh, this individual... um, had uh, over 20 debts and tax return problems. And we went into a formal hearing. We prepared a trial notebook. We prepared evidence like you wouldn't believe. And it's because we're experienced and we know how to do this. And uh, we aggressively represented this individual at the hearing. It was a uh, half-day hearing. It took about three to four hours, and um, we did the hearing. He was prepared for cross examination by the government, and we took him on direct examination and he was even prepared to take questions from the court and You can say, "Well, how can you do that? How can you prepare somebody for the questions from the government or prepare them for questions from a judge and the answer is very simple it's our experience. We have done dozens of cases before every single administrative law judge. And we have done cases before Department of Energy uh, hearing officers. We've done cases before the hearing panels at NSA, the National Security Agency. And likewise with the CIA and the FBI, uh, we appear, this law firm appears before every federal agency that has a established protocol for security clearance review and security clearance hearings. Those hearings can be called personal appearances, and um, we appear in front of those hearing officers. And I can tell you from experience, certain agencies are just very, very draconian and very difficult. And uh, we go into those hearings, and you're prepared for that. If you go into these hearings by yourself, it is a very traumatic experience. And I say that not because you're not capable, uh, although some of you are great scientists, you're great computer scientists, uh, you're great uh, engineers, and, uh, et cetera, but you're not good lawyers. And that's the concept you have to grasp. I have aerospace engineers across the country that are brilliant but when I put them in a courtroom, it's terrible. And if they were there by themselves, uh, it would be a devastating experience. And it is, and that's why you don't want to spend the money for a lawyer. And some law firms charge exorbitant fees. You don't want to spend the money and you're deterred when you talk to one or two law law firms and the prices are so high. But of course, uh, you can call two or three lawyers and I hope you'll call the Edmonds law firm because we have down to earth flat fees. But what I suggest to my clients is I say, what is your job worth? How uh, valuable is it for you to pay your monthly bills? How valuable is it for you to have this job? And uh, therein is the crux of the dilemma, which is uh, if there's one expense, you want to incur it's certainly the expense to save your career. So we did this case and uh, we received the decision of the court recently. And uh, I want to read it to you because um, for this client, it was fantastic. And the judge said in this decision, quote, I considered the potential, disqualifying and mitigating conditions in light of all facts and circumstances. I have incorporated my comments under guideline F in my whole person analysis. And he says, overall, the record of evidence leaves me without questions or doubts as to applicants eligibility and suitability for a security clearance for these reasons. Quote, I conclude applicant mitigated the financial considerations of security concerns. And he found the formal findings were uh, for the applicant. So job restored, career restored, and uh, a very, very favorable decision. And the question is, well, how did that come about? The allegations were so voluminous. And they were so shocking initially when you read it, $99,000 in tax payments. How the heck did you do that, Mr. Edmonds? And the answer is preparation and experience. And that's why you going into this courtroom by yourself is not a good idea. And you hiring the cheapest lawyer you can find, or a lawyer that is so inexperienced or a lawyer that doesn't practice security clearance is equally a poor decision. So call us 800 481 2526. We also have tremendous resources for you on YouTube and Spotify, this, this platform that we're speaking on, as well as Apple under Edmund's Law. Uh, We've been around for a long, long time. Uh, We are litigation attorneys, and we would love to help you. Thank you, and I'll see you on our next episode.